Hey there, and welcome to the Corporate Side Hustler Podcast. And I am your host, Lisa Rigoli, HR manager by day, Instagram manager by night, a wife and a mom of two beautiful girls. Now in 2014, I walked away from the dream job. I worked nine plus years to get to. And here's the deal. I said no to this opportunity because I knew in my gut, I no longer wanted to climb the corporate ladder but I wasn't ready to leave the corporate world. So I created this podcast channel to support you busy women, to maximize your time while juggling all the things. Each week, my guests and I are sharing how you can attract, nurture, and connect with your ideal audience with intentionality without spending countless hours online. We get the struggle of the juggle, and we want to remind you that you can build and run a profitable side business while working your demanding day job. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. What's up, Erica, and welcome to the show. Hey, Lisa. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. And my listeners are excited to hear from you. I think it would be good for us to kick it off with you just sharing a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yes. So my name is Erica Harrell. I'm the founder and CEO of Erica Harrell Consulting. I am an educator. So I've been in education for over 12 years now, I think. Um, I have been a teacher, instructional coach, principal, worked at the network level. And now I work full-time at an ed nonprofit while I build my consulting business on the side. And so my consulting business is all around supporting educators, both districts, school leaders, and ed consultants, other ed consultants to deliver design, high quality, high impact, transformational professional development to teachers or leaders within their field and their zone of genius, really. So that's a little bit about me professionally. I personally, I'm a mom, a wife, love a good book. Yeah, I think that I think that's it. I I love all of it, and I love that you are also doing something that aligns with a lot of what your previous experience is. I think a lot of my listeners can appreciate that. So many of us have gone through this space of thinking we have to create something different and new when starting our side business, but sometimes the best side business we can have, capitalizing on the skills that we have in our existing role. So I love that you're doing something in that realm. Can you share the age of your little? Because I feel like there's so many of us that have littles ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he is two years old and he is the most, I don't say the most, I think probably every mom of a two-year-old is like, they're the most energetic person I know, (laughs) but he wakes up ready to go and he does not like slow down until he is eyes closed, like even playing in the crib. So yes, uh, two years old, just one. He's, he's amazing and beautiful. So yeah, I remember you and I talking through that because you and I both have a two-year-old and yeah. So for my listeners that have kids, Erica is also open about talking through that and how you navigate through that because you are spot on. I actually used to think that only Gigi had that much energy, but I think that is probably really common for two-year-olds where I'm like, oh my goodness, if I didn't have my other one, it would be serious birth control because the energy is like ridiculous. But um, I digress. We are talking about market research today and I'm so excited about this topic because by the time that this launches, you'll be in a couple of weeks into your group coaching program and I will be officially opening the doors to my course, which you've actually participated in, which is the binge-worthy content method course. 
And a lot of what we talk about there is about the importance of market research. And I believe this is also what you talk about with your clients. And would love if you can maybe give a little bit of backstory as to why market research is so important to you and your clients. And then maybe we can kick it off with some of the steps or tips that you have for us. Yeah. So in my program and what I work with on with my one-on-one clients is just making sure that we're starting off with um, who our learners are. So as I mentioned, my focus in my business is all around professional development. So we have to know our learners in order to deliver a strong, high quality development for them. And so we make sure that even if we've been in their shoes before, We know them intimately now where they're at in this day and time, because so many of my clients are experts in what they do. They might be a school leader. And so they're working to support teachers, but they haven't been a teacher for 10 years. And so it's important that we know our learners intimately to design a high quality learning experience for them. And then the other piece is, I think I have a bit of a unique situation with those who I serve in my business because sometimes their learners are not the people who are paying them. So if I'm working with ed consultants, they are consulting for a school district and the school district may be paying them to support teachers. And so it's really important to know what the school district wants and who those people are so that you can not only tailor your learning to your learners, but tailor your marketing to the folks who are going to ultimately pay you. So we start off by making sure that we know that that's one of the first steps in the framework that I teach so that we can then really infuse our learners into every single thing we do and how we're selling and how we're teaching them. Something that you just shared that is really important for my listeners to really take hold with is that we may have a breadth of knowledge on what we do and how we serve our clients. But it is so key to really understand the person that we are going to be serving and really understanding their learning style, understanding even how they're probably sharing some of the problems that they have. So that way it's easier for us to connect with them. And I know that you have a really nice framework that can break that down for us. So I'm curious, what's the first thing we should be doing when it comes to market research? Yeah. So the first thing that I make sure that folks are doing is like just getting in front of (laughs) their learners and the folks who they're either going to be selling to or teaching. And so doing that through conversation is super, super important. So just talk to them. I think sometimes we put this like this title market research and it feels like super formal and you maybe makes it even kind of scary and like, how am I doing it right? But like, just be a human, just be a human, talk to them, get to know them. And that is market research. I think So through the conversation, you are going to be asking them questions. And so that can be where it starts to feel like a little bit like, oh my gosh, am I being genuine or am I like saying the right thing or asking the right thing? And that's where it can start to feel nervous, but like be honest too. So be a human, be honest that, you know, I want to get to know you because I'm going to sell this item. (laughs) Like just say that from the beginning and folks will either say, oh, that's really cool. I might be interested in buying that item from you. Or they might just say, oh, great. Um, that's exciting that you're selling that. Sure. Can I help you? Or they'll say, oh, I'm not interested in helping you. And then you move on to the next person. So I think like 
get in conversation is just the first simple step is to just talk to people, be authentic, be a human and be honest through your conversation. I love this because it is about just being human, but I do want to normalize this for a little bit because for those of you that are scared about market research, you're not alone. I don't know if it was something that was instilled in us in going to school, whether it was, you know, high school or college, but market research always felt like this. You need to go to this space for me it would have been the library and you need to like spend hours upon hours figuring out your information writing all these things down and it felt so transactional and as well as like so deep but what i love is that you're simplifying the process of just asking conversation just asking a question and just having a conversation it's not about selling to them it's about getting to know them to better understand where their head's at because then it helps you gather the information as a human in conversation is that correct? Yep, definitely. And I like the point you just made. Like you said, it doesn't have to be deep. And I totally agree. Like it doesn't have to be this long drawn out list of 17 questions. I don't know where 17 came from, but like a long drawn out list of questions. It doesn't have to be that. It can be two questions. It can be three. And yeah, just it doesn't, you don't have to make it this big long process of like, I'm going to formally reach out to people, just try to get into conversation as quickly as you can start with the people, you know, and then branch out from there. I wish I had some like cool sound effects because uh, <laughs> I actually appreciate that you mentioned the number 17, even though you didn't like truly mean that number, but it's because sometimes we do, we make it so long, but I love how you just simplified it to say and give us permission that it can be as simple as two questions. It does not have to feel like it is an extra task for the person on the receiving end as well, because if we're making, if we're doing it from a human lane, a human lens, it should feel natural and it should feel simple. Mm -hmm. What's that? And I'll go ahead. Go ahead. I'll get to, I'll get to step two really quick. I just want to add one thing is that like, you don't have to market research in my opinion should not be something that's like, okay, it is, you know, April, 24th. And that is the day I'm going to do market research. That's when I'm going to get into conversation with people. Like, just like I said, first be human and have conversations when it feels right and makes sense and keep a list. I have a notion, a part in my notion, which is just like a note-taking space. So it could be a Google doc, could be a notebook where you always write down just random tidbits that you learn about your clients or learners or buyers at some point. So it doesn't have to be very formal. So the second piece I talk to folks, my clients about is to observe your learners or your clients. This is really important for us in education because you want to see your teachers in action. You want to see your leaders in action. So for my clients, sometimes they're not in a space any longer to observe them. So like I said, maybe it's a principal teaching other teachers how to do a skill or acquire some knowledge. And I say like, try to get into their classrooms, talk, reach out to people, you know, try to go in and just watch and see them doing the work. And I think that's true for other industries too. Just whatever it is you're helping your clients with, can you observe them in action in some way, in a non-creepy way? <laughs> can you get there and see what they do? So you can just pull on the things that they're doing and the things that they're not doing into your experience that you're creating for them or product that you're creating for them. 
Right. So I chuckled myself. I was actually on mute to when you said, you know, to make it creepy because it's so real. Again, if you're doing it from a human element and for those of you that are like, okay, well, how do I transition this from a service-based provider using Instagram as an example? What Erica is sharing from an observation, this could be an observation and how they show up in their stories. This could be an observation and maybe some of the content that they're providing, like how are they sharing it and how do you grab that information in a way that feels natural, that you're just collecting some data points along the way. And the other point that I want to highlight is don't wait for a specific day to do market research. It should be part of when you're on the app and you're connecting, maybe have a notepad open and you can start gathering some of this information. If you make a date for it, it's when you make it feel like a bigger task and it may feel overwhelming and then you may become robotic in nature with it. I definitely agree. I think the if you're watching people on Instagram or wherever it is that your space is, you can also tell the same way I said for having conversations, like this might be an opportunity. I know there's different viewpoints around like offering stuff for free. And there's some people who are like, no, don't ever offer anything for free. And there's people who are like, sure, offer your services for free to get testimonials or whatever the reason. Here's another reason why you might offer something for free. You might say, maybe you're a speaker coach and like you're coaching speakers. You might say, hey, I'd love to join your next time that you're speaking and give you some pointers. And you're offering some support to them. And at the same time, you're getting some market research. You're getting to actually see someone in action, observe them and um, use that to further serve your clients. Such a great tip, such a great tip and a a valuable way to spend your time. I love that. What's the next thing we should be thinking through? Yeah. So the next thing is to, this probably applies more is like hang out where they're at in social media. And so this kind of combines both the first conversations and observations, but go to posts that maybe it's not a post on your social media. It's a post on like a well-known person in your industry. Go and look at the comments and what they're talking about. What are their responses? What are they thinking is like, what gets a good response? What makes people tick? What are the words they're using? Are there things that they're talking about that are right there? Very obviously their pain points or their desires use what's already out there to both observe their social media, but also then you can continue some conversation. So it's really a combination of the two, but using social media as platform. There are so many people on social media, Instagram, there are so many Facebook groups for probably every industry. So get into a few of them and just lurk around. Uh, here's where you might feel, you know, might feel you can be a little bit creepier, right? Like you're lurking around, you're trying to find people, no one sees you doing it, but you're just really just seeing what your folks need and people who you want to serve are out there. So just observe them there. Do you feel comfortable sharing an example of maybe like an account that you go to to lurk around maybe if if we could maybe use specifically instagram because a lot of my listeners are instagram can you share a little bit so they can visualize what this could look like yeah one that i i actually have not done this as much recently because i've pivoted a little bit to ed consultants but when i was focusing a lot on schools i still have some schools that i work with but when i was focusing mostly working on with schools and leaders I looked at Black Girls Teach. She has a pretty large account and she posted a few, when I first was starting out, a few posts specifically around around professional development. And I was, I literally saved the posts to my Instagram and went back to them multiple times to see like, what are teachers saying about PD? What do they like? What don't they like? Uh, So then I could 
tailor how I supported leaders with their PD around that. Love it. Okay. So in this specific example, you weren't necessarily engaging with the comments. You were using it truly almost like your own personal little black book, if you will, that you could mm -hmm. pop back into and say, okay, let me scroll back through. Is there anything I'm missing? Okay. They worded it this way. They shared these frustrations specifically for what you were, who your audience is within. And then you just save those to help create the curriculum or content or add to your framework. Yeah. Yep. It was mostly that I did do some conversations, but mostly just saving those posts and using, going back to them, analyzing some of the responses, seeing what trends came up or what comments got a lot of likes and things like that to tailor things from there. So listeners, for those of you that are like Lisa, I'm not ready to start engaging full out on the app and starting that conversation because it feels like dating and you don't want to make the wrong move. This tip that Erica is sharing is golden because it's not, you don't necessarily, you can, if you feel comfortable, please engage with the individuals that are leaving comments on these profiles, but it's just your way to take a peek inside to see what people are sharing. And then you can leverage this information as part of your market research to create your content to add to your curriculum, all that kind of good stuff. And I think this is such a great tool because no matter what time of day you do it, the content's going to be there. Yep. Yep. I definitely agree. And I know you mentioned like most folks are on Instagram, but even if you're not on Facebook, I definitely suggest making a, an account. You don't have to have any followers to do this, to go into Facebook groups, because there are some industries where there is so much engagement around Facebook in Facebook groups. And you can, you just have days and days of posts that you can uh, look at the comments and see what people are asking and all of that. So it may be an opportunity depending on your industry. Love it. All right. And then I believe you have one more tip for us to close out all this goodness around market research. Yeah. So I preface this already with a couple. This is also very specific right now in my head to education, but I'm sure we can figure out how to make this work for other industries. It's really just to look at their work. And so in education, we are always looking at student work. Like you have to pull their work samples. If you're a any type of teacher, but you know, their writing samples, their math to see what mistakes they're making, what errors come up in the work that you can then respond to. And the same is true for professional development and making sure that you know who it is that you are serving and teaching. And so try to get your hands on some actual artifacts of work that they're doing. And so I guess in a a non-education situation, you know, maybe you help people with sales, you like go find their sales pages, analyze those, like try to get 10, 15 sales pages and see what are the trends? What do you notice people are doing really well? What do you notice that they're doing that could be improved? And so I encourage my clients to, to try to get their hands on the work of the folks that they serve and then the people that are impacted by that. So if they serve leaders, also then look at the work of their teachers to take it a step deeper. And that's true for if you're supporting someone, how then are they turning around and is that, are they helping others produce work? And if so, can you get your hands on that to see how effective they are? So this is where, you know, the first one is like, don't, you doesn't have to be deep. This is where I'm like, try to get deep, like try to see really truly what people are producing because at the end of the day, for me, it's about transformation. And so we're not doing professional development just to stand up there and say, great, we just talked to you for an hour and 45 minutes. Like, no, we have day long PDs because we want people to transform. Like we want them to walk away with something different. And I imagine 
if you are a service-based provider, even a product-based, like you want people's lives to be changed because of your work. And so truly like get to know like what they're producing so that you can help them to produce even higher quality. Okay. So I really appreciate that. The Like, I am so glad that you're doing this from an educator perspective. And I believe everything that you talked about still translates over to other service-based providers. You also shared that, hey, like if you are doing sales, can you look at someone's sales page? And I wanted to share an example of this specific tip and how someone did this with me. And I wasn't necessarily doing something in a way that I probably wouldn't even realize it was inviting someone to come in. But anyway, let me get to the point. <laughs> I was I was on, I was doing like a behind the scenes story and I was sharing some like, hey, like I'm struggling right now. My youngest isn't sleeping. I can't figure out why she's waking up in the middle of the night and or why she is waking up really early in the morning. And it was just like a random little thing. I would share it on a Monday, then I would share it probably on a Wednesday. And I didn't think anything of it. I wasn't looking for someone to reach out to me for guidance. I was just showing some of the realness of what it's like to juggle a day job, raise a family, and my side business. And someone literally slid into my DMs and was like, hey, I noticed that you were talking about this about Izzy. I want to share some insight with you. And that person just picking up on some of those observations of what I was doing opened the door for me and not in a salesy way, but I was so appreciative that she picked up on those observations and was able to start a conversation with me that I then ended up hiring her to help me figure out different things with Izzy. And I think that's basically what you're saying is like, she mm -hmm. was able to figure out based off of those tidbits that I was sharing, how she could specifically help women that were juggling all these things but weren't, didn't have the time to be able to maybe do the research to help with the sleeping of their little ones. Yeah. Yep. I have like pretty much a parallel example of how I got a client. I was listening, like in conversation, listening intently, like emotional intelligence, right? Like really, truly listening. And she mentioned how she just really was, she was a consultant. She really needed to start making these digital digital products or digital courses within her space, but she, and it's been years since she had done that or since she had knew she needed to do this or wanted to do it. And she had, she shared some personal reasons as to why she wanted to do it. She shared some professional reasons. And I literally just sent her an email. I was like, I heard you say this, this is what I do. I can help you. And she became my client. So market research is good so that you can build stuff, but while you're doing the market research, don't miss out on opportunities. <laughs> like they will come up if you're really listening. So yeah, two examples right there. And we, we never shared these. So that's awesome. That makes me happy to hear. And I, when something that's coming to mind for me, Erica, that I think would be like a nice way to wrap up our time together is that we kicked it off by saying that sometimes we overcomplicate this process and sometimes we remove the human element and, or we wait for a specific day to do market research. When you think of the core tips that you just shared with us, can you share roughly how much time you're probably spending either every day or every week on market research to kind of help people normalize that it does not have to be so overwhelming? This is so I, like, if you could see my face right now, my eyes are like, uh, I don't even know. Because like I said, I just, I don't want to say I'm in constant conversation because that's not true, but like if I'm on Instagram, yeah, sometimes it's a mindless scroll, but like most of the times I am trying to engage with people, even in the mindless scroll, I'm like, 
commenting on things. I'm noting things down. The other thing, you know, I have an application for my program open right now and I realize, oh, this is market research. So like sometimes it doesn't even have to be, you know, any of the things I just said, it could be somewhere else. But I guess I would probably say I am especially doing market research before I'm getting ready to launch something or, or not even launch, create something. Then I'm spending a good, you know, at least a full day, not at one point, but just across the time that I am building that I'm constantly emerged, just like testing things, talking to people, hearing their responses, looking up stuff, but on an ongoing basis, it's probably daily, just like a few minutes as I'm doing other things. (laughs) Like I'm not, it's not like, okay, this is my market research time. Not sure if that's helpful, but that's the, it is, it is. I almost, (laughs) I don't, I feel like I wish if you and I had planned out what we were going to talk about today, that couldn't have been even like a better answer because I wanted that response. I wanted people to know that you were not scheduling and blocking time to do market research, that it was truly a part of everything that you do. So if it's mindless scrolling, if it happens to be a few minutes as you're engaging on the account, you're doing this at all times. So that way you're constantly bringing information into your world on how you can better market your messaging, how you can better add resources to your framework and your tools so that way you can better serve Mm -hmm. your clients. So again, I think that was spot on because I do not want my listeners feeling like they have to now block 10 minutes away because you kicked it off by saying it's a human component of like just having conversations. And again, if some of us, I I tend to be type A, if you prefer a schedule, then do a schedule. But the beauty in what Erica shared is it's always happening. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. How can my listeners get connected with you to learn more about you uh, and all that kind of good stuff? Yeah. So I am most active on Instagram and my handle is Erica Harrell Consulting. It's Harrell, H-A-R-R-E-L-L, two R's, two L's, and Erica with a C. And then I just launched now, we are in February. So hopefully by the time that this is aired, there will be many more, but I just launched a YouTube channel and a podcast. They're both called The Power of PD, PD, the um, the two letters. And so hopefully you can watch those. Send me a message on Instagram. I'd love to connect. Love it. Okay. Those links will be in the show notes. And Eric, I thought it might be cool to end on this. Either would you mind sharing your favorite book or your favorite TV show that you're watching right now? Mm-hmm. I like, I was about to pull up my Netflix. What am, what did I, what am I currently watching? I will share that. I, I don't necessarily have a favorite book, but I can share my most recent book that really, that I like truly enjoyed. And I'm about to read again is the 12 week year. So it's, yeah, it's really good. The 12 week year by Brian Moran and Michael Lennington. Ooh, I've heard of it, but I have not met anyone that's read it. So that's good to know that it was a good read. Oh, nice. Yeah, I listened to it, so I'm going to read it now. Okay, okay. Well, Erica, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate you sharing your wealth of knowledge around market research, and thanks for simplifying it to remind us that it does not have to be overwhelming. It does not have to be super complicated. And if we remember that we want to connect with humans, we can do that by being a human. So thank you for that. Yes. Love it. Thank you so much for having me. I am so happy to have been, finally been on the podcast and I'm excited to keep in touch. Absolutely, my friend. Thank you. 
Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, here's what I want you to do. Take a quick screenshot of you listening to the Corporate Side Hustler podcast and upload the image to your Instagram stories and tag me in it at the Corporate Side Hustler. I would love to hear from you and connect with you on Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you the same time next week. Until then, enjoy the rest of your day. Bye for now.